Prepare to enter the Elf Tree. Hi there, everybody. Hi there, everybody. I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And uh, at some point today, you'll probably hear Maddie is, is here with us as well. Trying to corral her ass. Well, yeah. I mean, he uh, Joe surprised me, called an audible real quick right before we were supposed to sign on to the show just now and uh, and had to jump up and distract Maddie because she was about to, to continue barking. She gets on the prowl. It's like... Uh, the same people that, that live here, uh, she hears all the time. She knows. She knows exactly. She, knows she could probably smell them. I don't understand why. But anytime the front door or anybody's coming in or out, she's just on the I point. mean, it could be somebody new, to be fair. Could be. Could be a brand new person here to hurt just her. Could be spirits coming through the walls, maybe. It could be. Causing you her never, some distress. I mean, what do you think she keeps looking at? She stares... Ever since I've known Maddie, Maddie has had this tendency to stare into the most random of corners she for does. hours and hours and hours on end. But I trained her to do that. <clears throat> um, Did you? It's a part of my training. Nice. Is it's, that like a uh, disciplinary technique? Just about, I tell her to go look at the wall. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You're in timeout. Go, go stand look. in the corner. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what did you do? Do you ever do timeout or, or groundings and stuff like that? Like, yeah. I did. Uh, yeah, my mom would make us sit in the corner or the worst was when we were swimming. Having to get out of the pool. Oh, that was yeah. The I mean, those are those are those are the worst days. Yeah, yeah. Ruins your whole day. Yeah, it's even wet. though you're only out of the water like ten minutes. Yeah, I know. It's like a fifteen minute timeout. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's much worse things. Just, your whole world crumbles when you're you know six years old and all your friends are are playing and oh, yeah. your mom's like, no. Did you ever get grounded? I don't really remember ever getting grounded, like per se. My parents never said you're grounded. I probably got the equivalent of grounding. Once, yeah, for you know that extended, you know, like two weeks or something like that. But mostly, my parents were were of the kind of you know instantaneous kind of kind of discipline. Like yeah, they would if just you're kinda... doing something and you're you're abusing it, well, no, not like <laughs> smacking kidding. and shit. Although you know, I mean, my parents did spank us. You know, when the time was right, like Don't that was switch. yeah, seriously, like you know exactly what what you did wrong and you're going to, I, I don't know. I mean, people, I don't know what I think about that disciplining kids at this moment. It worked. It worked for me. I think that I, I, I turned out really well, but to each his own, just don't beat your child to death. I mean, Jesus, my parents would do stuff like, um, we had had plans. Here's <laughs> one in particular. We had had plans to go see this new movie that was coming out. It looked really funny. Uh, and it was called George of the jungle. Oh gosh. I remember that. George of the you? jungle with Brendan Fraser. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Encino Man. It's well, yeah. Uh, we also were very involved in our church, and we would do things like set up for varying services. So it was a Friday. We go and we set up for the Sunday service. You know, you put the it's a you know an Episcopal church, so you got the the chalice and the the linens yeah, and all that. I yeah. mean, it's it's a very it's a good process. Are it was very ironed out, it's yeah. all straight and ordered. My mom took. She she owned that shit. Really? My mom, I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't know if one day she saw the linens and she was just like, oh, this is, no, I, I'm He's not like going to. I'm not, yeah, I, I'm going to take over all these right yeah. now. It, she was just a very servant-hearted person. Um, and linens were something that she did as well as setting up Man, for services and stuff. That's such a cool quality is when people see a weakness in something that they can help and make better. Yeah. 
and they just choose to do it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, because my mom homeschooled all of us, she had the free time as much as we did to do the things that we wanted to do as kids or growing up, making movies, whatever. Uh, she also had the time to then, you know, serve the Lord in, She's like, in no, those kinds of ways. <laughs> no, Ian, I'm playing Peter. <clears throat> I'm like, playing Peter like this Peter year. Peter Pan play. Yeah. Um, but one, that particular day, um, we had just decided to get a little just rowdy and entertain ourselves. We were just kind of bored. And so we were running up and down the church uh, aisles in just the the courtesy wheelchair that they had, you know, mm-hmm. and my mom just, I don't know if we were being particularly obnoxious or if my mom was just upset for, you know, if there were a lot of things going on, but that's what she took away was George of the Jungle. It's because the Lord was you know? looking down and he was upset about it. Yeah. I was like, Ian, why would you run down the aisles of my, of my home <laughs> yes. with such uh, abandonment? Right, right. Well, maybe you could have like turned a corner and hit some of the pew and chipped off some of the wood. And yeah. Well, that adds character, though. I mean, it does add character. We could have knocked over a pew and then they all went a domino style, like from Batman. Yeah. And then like one old man comes crawling out from underneath. Like he was just. He was spared. He was staying there. Oh, oh, the light shines in and it's like, oh. Yeah, or like a homeless guy just comes crawling out. Like, what the fuck? Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, like trying to guy, get a nap. Like the guy from the Riviera Hotel <laughs> that got lost. Remember when they were going to... Oh, shit. Oh, dude. This is all in our imagination. And then they uh, just... The building's down now, right? Or I don't know that up? it's down yet. I think their last day of operation was uh, yesterday, oh, I believe. It we was should May 3rd. To, did we mention if we were going to try to, like... Find the implosion video. I think, yeah, I think it. that's, that's, I mean, that's something I'm definitely going to do is see if I can either watch it live or find a video of it. That'd and then, cool. yeah, well, I'll, I'll post it. It's a, it's, it's a curious thing. It's a curious yeah. thing to have been staying in a building that you knew in X amount of time, this building will absolutely not be here anymore. While we're you're watching exactly live, where I'm standing. you should wear like a suit and tie with a hard hat on and get some blueprints and then just be like on camera and go, all right, pull it. And then sudden, I just go, I push a button. <laughs> yeah, just. And then I I push a button again because, you know, I'm not really doing it. I'm just like trying to. You're holding like a, like a, a drone uh, remote control. You're like, that, that, that's not how they do this. They don't, they don't hold those kinds of machineries. <clears throat> that's how I would do it. Yeah. You know, if I was going to. If I had free reign to, to, to destroy a building, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would. Uh, I would do something along the lines of, you know, fly a missile. Like, you know how you got the guy with the joystick mm-hmm. and the camera mm-hmm. and like literally flying a missile oh, God. That's up so someone's insane. ass, you know. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. Well, That's magic school bus style. Oh, yeah. School bus, excuse me. So if you could destroy a building and one of your options was you can take this <clears> pill <throat> and you're going to grow like mile high, man. You're going to grow to that size, but maybe not that size. You'll be like yeah, 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 King kong Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which is huge. Like, like Godzilla. Godzilla. Like, Godzilla. Like new Godzilla. Yeah, and then it gives you the option, do you want to destroy it like this, or do you want to destroy it with explosives or with uh, your mind thoughts? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd Godzilla it. You know, I'd, I'd probably stomp on it. That'd be cool. Or <coughs> what if one of the options was a blue pill? Ooh. What's and the you blue take do? you take the blue pill, and suddenly the building's just not there because it's not real. Ooh. None of it's real. Or the blue pill shrinks you, Nothing does the opposite. is real, Joe. You, you become ant-sized, and you're like, I'll never be able to destroy this. And oh, it's wow. like a, you become lost in your own. What if you became a termite, 
and you and your other colony of termites were unleashed on this hotel. And you ate all of the framing of the hotel until the last bit, and you were the the, the termite that was tasked with you get to to take the last bite. The the yep. the, the, last the Jenga. Chew. The Jenga bite. Yep. You know? The and then you run death. and suddenly yeah. The whole that's that would be cool. But the question is, would all the Ians get out? Yes. Let's say let's say that it's you, like right? it's like the that movie Ants. Okay. You yeah, know, yeah, where yeah. they're organized, yeah, you yeah. know, or a B movie. Any of those kid, you know, talking insect type of So maybe like films. maybe the last I don't know how this would work. Maybe some clever like a balloon or something. They've got a balloon attached and the last ant is like on the roof, takes the last bite. What if it would, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You're in a place where you have to go down with the ship, mm-hmm. but it's an honor. It's an honor Ooh. to be that termite. That would be an honor. <laughs> I mean, it would be a uh, termites can do some damage, man. Until the balloon popped and then there'd be termites falling out of the sky all over the place. Oh yeah. One termite like is just the wild card and he like bites a hole. Yeah. The they're all like string. Ah! <laughs> they all come. <clears throat> but with that, I mean, Termites. I mean, I believe termites have wings, or some termites have wings. I hit the so ground; like, it wouldn't even hurt them, right? Right. I I don't know. They're so would, light. Would a termite experience the same crushing forces falling off a building as a human being would? I don't think so. I think bugs survive stuff like that. Well, they've got armor. They mm-hmm. also don't have anywhere near as much mass or weight as we do. So mm-hmm. physics still apply to them. But I mean, it would be as if. We were wearing, okay, so the Batman Superman trailer we saw. Mm -hmm. At the end, you see Batman in a full-on metal armored suit. Yeah, his eyes Getting ready to fight Batman, right. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that, or excuse me, fight Superman, because that's the only way it becomes a fair fight. Uh, So, but Not Batman fighting Batman. No, right, exactly, (laughs) because that's already a fair fight. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, But if if that Batman fell off a building and landed in that suit, he could very well be okay. And, well... That's true, but yeah. it's still, it just depends on what the suit's made of and internal well, an ant, bleeding though, yeah. you know, cause you're, you, you sh- like shake your inside guts enough. That's true. Like the difference between Superman is he doesn't really have the inside guts. He's kind of all solid. He you know? does, but they have the same strength as he does. They are just as durable true. as his exterior. Yeah. Is, I believe. But it's almost like uh, he can regenerate himself, right? No, he's just impenetrable. So that means if he hit the ground, it would be different than Batman. So if he, he has hit an the ground, I imagine it would be like a solid statue. Okay. Like a solid ass Superman statue hitting the ground. It would that not, can't it wouldn't damage him. Right. Exactly. Like an iron suit. Adamantium. Okay. Adamantium. Like if Wolverine was full on and adamantium rather or than just his skeleton. Made out of unobtainium or something. Unobtainium <laughs> or, or uh, equilibrium. Equilibrium. Yeah. Because, because. Get woozy. Because Wolverine's problem is that he is still flesh and blood and muscle and everything like that. His his skeleton is unbreakable, but all of his biological fleshy bits, um, as a mutant, he can regenerate himself. Mm-hmm. The difference between that and Superman is that everything about Superman is impenetrable, mm-hmm. and like it it benefits from the sun. Yep, our our yellow Earth sun, very different from Krypton's red sun. It it destroyed Krypton. Would you be weirded out uh, sneaking around Superman's bedroom, like going through his drawers and stuff? Like, is it Superman's? Is it Superman's bedroom or is it Clark Kent's bedroom? 
I mean, it's his bedroom, so he's lazy. You know, he's like, this is, you know, no one's gonna look at you. But, but what I mean is, like, Clark Kent's got his apartment. He's got Clark mm-hmm. Kent's shit going on. True. Superman in the Fortress of Solitude. If he's like spending the weekend up in the fortress, true. He'd have okay. he'd the have fortress. his super bedroom. But so, would he wear Clark clothes? Like around he, the house? Wears, yeah, Just around even as Superman. I would still wear, I would, well, not Clark clothes, but I mean, normal clothes. I'd still wear shorts and a t shirt. If you're like snooping around and you like pulled one drawer open, you're like, oh my God, it's all these red, red tidy whiteies. Just, yeah, you know, so right. Like, oh my God, drawer No, after they're drawer. white tidy whiteies. Because he's got to wear underwear underneath. <laughs> oh, that's <his> true. Suit. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this is Superman's unseen underwear. You're like, oh, geez. Except they they're kind of like yellow. Stains. You're like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. You fly that fast. You Those know, tights do ride up his ass. Yeah. You know? He's I mean, like freaking. <laughs> Yeah, when you're he battling, lands, he lands pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, when <laughs> when you're battling uh, villains, yeah, you never know what kind of wedgies you're going to get in the right. midst of that. Right. You know, I mean, that's the first thing smoke. I would do. You know, I would I would reach around behind and grab the underwear that he's wearing on the outside of his stupid suit. Yeah, and that's his one weakness is giving him a quick wedgie atomic, and then hanging him up. Uh, you call him, yeah a super a super atomic wedgie. That's the only time Superman can't fly away is when his uh, butthole's oh, yeah. being uh, uh, completely violated by Flossed. by uh, the cloth of his loins. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> um, speaking of, I went to see a documentary the other day called The Death of Superman Lives. What Ooh, happened? The hell? How okay. was that? Okay. Do you remember any of that? Uh, like this movie chronicles the birth and ultimate demise of the 1998 Tim Burton directed Superman movie that was going to be made. That was going to be coming out starring Nicolas Cage. Did you ever hear anything about this? I feel like I heard stuff was happening, but nothing happened. So I didn't really ever. I definitely knew at the time that I don't know that I knew Tim Burton was attached at the time. Um, but while it was happening, I definitely had been told that Nicolas Cage was going to be Superman. My dad told me that because I was a Superman fan. Um, it was a script that was based upon the death of Superman in the comic books. It came a few years after that that storyline and everything, and and they were going to make this movie. Tim Burton was going to direct. Kevin Smith wrote the first draft of the script. Man, <clears throat> and that was back when he had made uh, Mallrats, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy, or something like that. Both good. Oh movies. no, no, yeah, he was in the yeah. He was about to make Dogma. Oh man, right. So um, he wrote it. Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> So, anyways, this, See this the timeline now. documentary. This guy had he raised the money through a few different crowdsourcing campaigns, and uh, and made this legit ass documentary. He talks to he very in depth conversations with Tim Burton, with Kevin Smith, with all the different writers and designers. Uh, John Peters was the producer. You know, I mean, just it, it was a legitimate documentary, and he got access to all of the the sketches and the the artwork and the design and the props and like all wow, of this kind of stuff so cool. access to it all I was filming it all uh and then you got to see home video ish footage like it was you know somebody recording a, a costume fitting in a hotel room with nicholas cage and they're like trying all the different superman <laughs> Yeah. He didn't do any of his screams in the bat suit. He, you know what? This guy could have made a really good Superman. They, yeah. He might have really understood that, uh, uh, at least his take on the character. He might have really had an idea of where he wanted to take it. We're forever deprived of the Batman screaming with the uh, voice of Nicolas Cage. Superman. Or Superman, sorry. No, it was Batman, right? 
No, no, no. This is a Superman movie. Oh, he was going to be a Superman. Nicholas Cage was going to play Superman with long hair. Have you never seen the photograph? No, I don't know shit about this stuff. Holy cow! I mean, this, this. So this photo I'm about to show you is this caught fire over the internet when it was first released, and it was. It's just such a horrible. Hold on, Nicholas. To grab his grab an extinguisher, Superman. Put it out. Um, it's a picture of Nicolas Cage in the Superman suit with long hair because mm-hmm. at the time Superman had long hair in the comic books. That was kind of the thing that they wanted to go for. But he really didn't have long hair. That was a wig. It is a wig. Correct. Nice. This, this is the photograph. We'll post this on the uh, blog. Oh, Everybody's I mean, people, people. Oh, this is this. hilarious. Dude. I mean, doesn't that look like one of the worst ideas in history? It looks like uh, cinema history. Uh, they let a child design with Play-Doh his bat suit and just paste it all over Superman, his body. Superman, dude. Super, <laughs> Superman. Yes. But it's... There's a Superman poster behind you, too, and I keep seeing Batman. Well, that is true. But I'm seeing the bat. I'm seeing the bat symbol. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's not so this never, it never came into fruition. They just kind of, it died. The network or the what it, studios were like, no, nah, no. Nah. I mean, it, 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 they took a long time to develop this, this particular film and get everything ready. <clears throat> we got to see a lot of stuff about the suit. We got to see a lot of stuff about how they were going to interpret the character. And then apparently with three weeks to go, four weeks to go, something like that, the studio just pulled the plug. That completely. is intense. I want to know why. Well, <clears throat> they were told it was because... Of the budget, simply. And, and, and the documentary kind of supported this. Warner Brothers had a line of like, I, he, he put on in the film at least eight of them, films that had massive budgets and made 10% of their budget in the oh. box office, like were massive flops back in the day. And oh. you remember these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, this is 96, 97, 98. And so Superman Lives was supposed to have like a $200 million budget or something, and they they were just like, no way. There's That's no way. huge. Yeah. There's no time? way we're going to risk, you know, the, such a massive budget for things. Cause we've, we've had some bad luck. And then they took most of that budget and put it towards wild, wild west. They're bu- Oh God. Did they really? <laughs> yes. Their balls yes, were still hurting did. from the other b- deals gone wrong. Dude. I mean, yeah. So Will Smith uh, totally benefited from the non <laughs> Superman of, of Superman lives. Yeah. 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 Did but, they ever interview him in that? Did they inter- ever interview Will Smith, Smith. yeah. No. That budget went no. to you, buddy. No, but the same producer. <coughs> John Peters was the producer. He produced the Batman movies. He produced um, pretty much every Superman movie after the Christopher Reeve movies. Oh, gotcha. Um, and then, but he, he was also the producer of Wild Wild West. The Wild Wild West? Yeah, yeah. The Wild <laughs> But the film was really <laughs> good. yeah. <laughs> And, and it, it it really did present <laughs> this idea of something that it's a, it's, it was going to be a Hollywood movie, so mm-hmm. it was not going to be this. Well, right, that was like a prototype. <clears throat> let's exactly. just see what the guy looks like when we put this on him. Exactly. Well, let's I mean, let kindergartners he, make it. Yeah, I mean, this those those were one of the early you know the early suits, and the the wig wasn't you mm-hmm. know dressed right or anything like that. But um, yeah. I'm bummed that it didn't. Ha- I need to see this movie. I want to see it now. It comes out. Uh, it comes out worldwide June 9th, I believe. Oh, so got a little bit. You got the sneaky peeky. 
I did. I did. There were a couple of things he even pointed out uh, editorial-wise that still need to be fixed. Oh, there were a nice. couple of black frames I saw flash in there, and he said Brian Singer's name is spelled wrong. And oh, all gotcha, that. So, gotcha. You know, just things like that. That's cool. So he was there. The director was, yes. The director was That's there. Cool. Uh, his fiance and producer was there, and Kevin Smith was there as well. Did they do a Q&A? Or? They did for like an hour and a half after the movie. Did you ask a question? I did. What did you ask? I did. <clears throat> I said- Did you record it? No, I did oh, not. God I didn't. Damn I know, it, I know, I know, I know. That's Sorry. okay. That's okay. No, it's, it's okay. I the mean, Tusk one was just so fucking good. It was. This one This one was not as good. I, this, I, simple yes or no would have answered it. Um, but I asked him, I said, Mallrats 2, you said that you've got 16 out of 18 people coming back for Mallrats 2. And I said, is one of them Ben Affleck? The one of the two that you're still waiting on is one of them, Ben Affleck. And he was like, oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. The, uh, he's got this small part that he just wrote. You know, it would be something he'd easily do in a day. But he's going to do it. It's just going to be, yeah, it's just going to be whether he has the time. Message to Ben Affleck. You make this happen. If you were not in that movie, it would be a tragedy among men. A travesty. A travesty I mean, among men. You, that's, it's just an opportunity for him to not, not take what he's doing not incredibly seriously. Like it's a big deal to be Batman. Oh, dude, but at he the same did. time, like how many people are going to just love the hell out of the fact that he was in Mallrats too? Like yeah. he should be in Mallrats Absolutely, too. man. He was such a, he was such a, a, a staple type of character, even though it was just a minor part. Like, well, he did Argo. Like he directed Argo. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's done. He did a fucking amazing job with that, that one movie. an Academy that's, Award. Yeah. That's like a, he doesn't really have to prove himself or anything. Like <laughs> no. he's done everything. He, he, he exploded Gone on Girl? the scene. He exploded on the scene with an Academy Award. Gone Girl was awesome for writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking. I, and honestly, I'll be, I'll be straight. I'm not like a crazy fan of him, but yeah. I think he does a good job. For he's a Ben Affleck. He's Ben Affleck. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I like him. He's like Tom Cruise or or uh, Kevin Costner or you know he's just, Tom Hanks. Yes, I mean he's yeah. he's just a a, a pillar. Mm-hmm. At this point, oh yeah, you know Robin Williams was a pill- he was a pillar too. Robin Williams, Robin Williams was a was an old school pillar, like along with Hollywood was gutted. George Carlin and all those. Guys. Well, it's it's just evolved, man. It just evolved into something that is just so weird. It's uh, people people behave so differently now than they did even before, right before we were born. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, watch movies from like the fifties. It's crazy the way they would portray regular life, you know? Well, regular life was completely different, it would seem. It was like from a storybook. Like everyone was like prim and proper. And, right. Well, you know, yes, yes. On the schedule. You, you, it makes me wonder if they had any sort of thought as to how future generations were going to be perceiving them. And that influenced how they made their movies. Oh, man. You know, you've got the past generation of actors that were all on the theater like stage you have to be a certain way and everything and so you transition that into the new like film and you Mm -hmm. still have people having to be very this and that and the other but um a a a a, uh, representation of the 50s and 60s back in the 50s and 60s is totally different than it was than it would be now like mad men yeah making mad men now is and there were so many taboos too, you know. So but, it was I mean, I bet to... you all that stuff is going on. It just was not being portrayed that way in its current media and its present media. That's true. I'm you sure know, there were always hippies see... everywhere in in every culture, even in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you didn't see you didn't see rampant alcoholism and sexist 
you know, boss, you know, behavior and stuff like oh, that. Like, yeah. you know, like in Mad Men, you wouldn't see that in a show like The Brady Bunch no. that is set in that same time. Mm-hmm. And it was made in that same time. But you just, you wouldn't see any of that. It's just different just, culture. Yeah. Yeah. But now, of- but now you see it everywhere. I mean, that is just the way that, that it's what people find entertaining nowadays. Yeah. It's just like this crass, is it crassness? Is it, it's almost exposing the truth about crassness like, being labeled are. real. Yeah. You know, I mean, are people this crass and is that actual reality or are we being told that people are this crass and therefore it's becoming reality because we're like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess everybody can, is like yeah, that. Everybody thinks that way. I guess, I mean, honestly too, it's part of, cause it's funny when you, when we were talking about the fifties just a second ago, it's like how the kids of all these eras just randomly kind of just peel off the layer of that. You know, they, everyone starts stepping away from what the previous did. Yeah. And so you kind of yeah. see it tumble into the <laughs> 60s, 70s, all these hippies, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, wait, we got to get a little more orderly. People get older and they have jobs. There was the 80s. And then the 80s, people started crafting themselves into more like, let's change the our 80s. communities. Let's right. get, you know, it was very artsy and colorful. And the 90s kind of was still spilling over from that. And then it all the of a sudden 90s, starts getting- The 90s became kind of yuppie. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got you got the the American psycho type of the way that they would act, you know. Yeah. I got my cards on this kind of stock with this kind of oh, shit. Oh man. This, you know, like like Nickelodeon shows were co- so creepy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I I I don't know. I don't know where I don't parachute pants and our particular Jeez. generation is just so weird. It's so narcissistic right now. I say our generation, our current time, whatever era we're in, is very narcissistic. Age of awareness. People are aware of themselves now. So aware people are of themselves. People are trying to figure out their value and how they're valuable amongst other men. So it's become a pissing contest, and I think it's been it, it, it's a false thing that people do, you know? But it's an actual, it's an actual awakening. It's an actual awareness of things, but it's not an awareness of true things. I don't know. You know, like if we are, if, if, if people, if people have been conditioned to, you know, expect commercials and expect to be sold products and you have to buy this and you have to keep up with the Joneses and this and that and the other, and then suddenly you get them aware of things, just not, not necessarily, but just aware that they can do things and that they, but you only give them 10 tools by which to do them. That's not, that's not actual awareness. No, no. So people feel they're becoming aware. If you, you know, it's, 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 it's an illusion of awareness. There's something that, uh, well, nobody can really know what's going on. Yeah. There's right now. Right, right, right. There's a lot of, uh, unknowns. There are a A lot lot of of mysterious, uh, shadows lurking about, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, it's funny to watch kind of where we're at now because the internet, it's it's literally, and we've talked about it before, but the internet has saved us. Some people fear it because everything's on there and anything can happen through it. Yeah. Hacking, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it is also the most safe thing that exists well, right. to kind of keep everything equal. Because if, if someone can provide this platform, anyone can get into it. Yeah. You just have to want to get into it bad enough. Yeah, but... Wh- Hackers. I'll I'll use anonymous as an example. Like anonymous seems to be dedicated to stopping corruption by people who do everything 
from people or to people that can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they like they, represent the people, the Robin hood complex, almost mm-hmm. rob from the rich to give to the poor, but in a justice kind of way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's every kind of superhero, but, but that's, that's kind of the way they've positioned themselves. So if one day all of that literally goes away, yeah. Or would people like anonymous still be necessary? You know, I mean that that would that you would need to to find a way to like find a symbiotic, you know, thing. It's the uh No, I don't think anybody's gonna just want to stir up trouble just for the sake of it. So you wouldn't need to keep a presence around. Well, I mean you don't think people want to stir up trouble just for the fun of it? Throw Molotovs and I just, just go. <laughs> I mean the thing is, I think once it once it all gets dismantled, uh-huh. I, we would the the more important part would be educating people to recognize it starting up so that it doesn't become what it became again. Yeah. Rather than have a force that's <clears throat> just kind of ever present over a community, it's like don't do this or else we're gonna. I mean, that's what's going to influence people to to rise up against that machine. Yeah. And do it anyways. Yeah. Build that's a true. corporation because that <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean it's true. It's like. Just investing in the opposite of what you see? Kind of. Yeah. So if if you don't see anything like being pushed on you, you're not... I, I fail to see where anybody would be motivated to do something negative. If you yeah. don't have anybody telling you you can and cannot do something or you should and should not do this, like you literally had free reign to do whatever you wanted. I mean, it, it gives people freedom. So when people have freedom, they're actually... They put their they put their self, themselves to work. They do yeah. what they're best at. Over time, like whenever that kind of a system became a reality, I feel like it would come with people just losing that that desire or the the inclination to do something hateful or negative or you know purposely anti somebody else. Yeah, because the I just the only reason to do it is is out of some weird necessity. Yeah. I right? No. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, crimes and people's intentions to do negative things would go away if they had, if their backs weren't against walls or exactly. they didn't have things hanging over them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So. That's what I mean. Dude, Guy Fox, the anonymous mask. That's the, yes. it's G U Y F A W K E S. Yes. Um, which he, uh, I guess he's most known for, uh, foiling or his, the, there was a plot that he was, it was the gunpowder plot of 1605. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but it was a failed plot, and he's like the guy most Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Yeah, yeah, 1605. But he is sometimes toasted around the table as, in quotes, the last man to enter parliament with honest intentions. Yeah, sure. Quote. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, so. I mean. V for Vendetta, you know, he's kind of. Guy Fawkes Day is, is the... That is the celebration day in in England mm-hmm. that they do fireworks, kind of like our Fourth of July day. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Guy Fox Day, uh, uh, bonfire day is what it is. They'll they'll light a big bonfire, but then they'll do they do uh, the the firework shows that I've seen for Guy Fox Day put any any Fourth of July, July yeah. fireworks show I've ever seen. Nobody beats my shame. Come right? On. I mean, it's it was great. It's fantastic. Like a half hour of finale. He was hung. Oh, yeah. He was hung. They caught him, for sure. They caught him uh, November 5th, 1605. The 5th of November. For those of you uh, studying and needing to retain some information for the test. 
But they didn't catch Hugo Weaving. They did not. No. He blew that shit up. He did. He did. Yeah, that's so interesting. I love how it's so crazy, dude. It's like that's symbolism. There people are using the symbolism. Yes. The symboled character from the 1600s yes. that made a statement of truth that people gravitate to. For the people. To. For the people. Yes. Because ultimately, man, it's so intense to really think about how huge some of these corporations are, yeah. but how so few actually work in them amidst the rest of the populations of the world. You know, it's just like this unbalanced thing. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's it's very, very. It's like looking at a, an ant amongst redwoods. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, mile high man. Mile high man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would love to be an ant and climb a redwood, by the way. That would be a fucking journey. That would be a journey. Have you ever seen the redwoods? Not in person. I've seen, I've seen videos and photos, but I've not ever seen them in person. You got to see them. I imagine they, I imagine they are awe inspiring. Awe inspiring. Have you heard of, um, have you ever heard of cash.me, the app? No. I think it's an app where you can literally just send cash to people. Just Interesting. So like if you're sitting for dinner and you're going through a receipt, you're like, oh, okay, I'll just give you my five if you're going to pay with a card. Ding, ding, ding. And you're immediately paid. It goes straight. crazy. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if there are fees. Um, I don't know. Everything's got fees. I don't know if anything's free anymore. Exactly. They may have like a small like 2%. That's stupid. Transfer fee or point two percent. Why should I have to pay you to get to? It's a media fee. It's like you know. It is. It is. You're right. That's the same reason that ATMs charge you two dollars and fifty cents to take your own money out of your account, which is horseshit. Because I was talking to some dudes yesterday at the studio about there's a band we all know. Uh oh. And they used to travel around and they wouldn't take cash. They wouldn't do the square. They didn't want to do the PayPal swiper. They brought their own ATM machine. Oh. And they would lug that shit around. It's like, what the fuck? Why would you lug that shit around? Because now you're charging people a fee. Yeah. And I mean, you know what I mean? That's like, silly. It just seems that is silly. like a pain in the ass. Anyway, doesn't matter. People choose that to band. do what they want to do, you know? Jeez. I would show up to every concert with a black mask and put it on, like try to rob them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the Guy Fox mask on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be cool. A Guy Fox mask under a ski mask. Under a ski yeah. mask? <laughs> Or over a ski mask. So it almost looks like Jim Carrey from The Mask with a ski mask on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just be okay. all like outlined. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaky looking. That's pretty cool. I have an extra one. I have an extra one if you want it. Do you really? Yeah. Ski mask? No, no. The Guy Fox mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, dude, I would love to have one. You just spent the weekend in the studio. I did. Did You, um, you, gave, uh, you gave it away just then. Yep. Yep. Sneak peek. Sneak uh, peek. Yeah, doing six songs. We nice. tracked uh, got a drummer named Benjamin Rice. He's also an engineer, producer. He played drums. Nice. Um, How did that go? Fucking badass, dude. This he used is... to play for a band called Pilot Drift. Okay. That was from Texas. Okay. Amazing. Nice. They toured with Polyphonic Spree, Supergrass, other shit like that. Nice. So shout out to you guys. Y'all are badasses. Nice. Um, but he played drums. Uh, he normally just engineers right now. He hasn't really been playing for a yeah. while, but yeah. he kind of got back into the studio and just murdered it dude nice so six songs okay so so this is your second ep of the year uh yes oh i can't give that away no you can you can give it away talking about no we can do it here this is this platform those who listen to this can hear those little things i don't think everyone's gonna listen to this yeah not yet and it it, it, yeah it doesn't doesn't like i think the music world doesn't really listen to this show yet not yet it's kind of weird but they will but um You, you all will you all will and you will like it. So this is you and James. 
Uh, James, Gabby, and I, yep, nice. we are doing, uh, we're joint producing. I'm kind of giving him the reins, but joint producing this project. So this is an Awake or Sleeping project. It's Awake or Sleeping. Nice. EP dose nice. of the year. And then uh, after this, full length. But we did two days of drum tracking and uh, knocked out three songs Saturday, three songs Sunday. And nice. Did it at this uh, Jeff, P- uh, Jeff Peters. Uh, his studio is called the Pie Studios in uh, Pasadena. The Pie Studios. The Pie Studios. Nice. Freaking awesome place. Nice. Nice. So if you need to track drums in Los Angeles, drive over to Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it in Los Angeles. Yeah, don't do it. Do it in Pasadena. Do it. Is that cool? <laughs> Jeff's like, no, 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 no. Don't want anybody else in here. I don't know. <laughs> no, but he's. I like a, my space. No, that guy was amazing, man. That's uh, cool. Yeah, good peeps. So. Um, what's, so what's that whole process like? You say tracking drums. I've watched Shelby track uh, uh, guitar before, mm-hmm. and it just seems like you know. I mean, you explain explain what what tracking drums is. Okay, like, so what's a, what's a typical process for a song? What we did is we um, he, first thing is you load these drums in from the car. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, you go you go purchase drums. Yeah, the, yes, you purchase drums and you set them up in the room, the main room, which you had this huge live. Almost like a loft okay. space, okay. But it's treated. Every all the walls were treated. One of the whole walls was made out of cork. And then there's nice. like this badass, like fucking steel staircase that goes up the back wall into this like uh, bird's nest looking down kind of studio room. Nice. Um, but uh, like with the board and everything. Yeah, the soundboards nice. in there uh, hang like a little couch you can chill on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he's set up down downstairs, and then we basically mic up all of his drums. Um, pick the drums that we want to use. How many mics did you use? Ooh, let me guess. Would it, would it vary during during each song? Uh, we okay. basically used all the same room mics. We moved them around a bit. We okay. changed out the kick drum. We okay. changed out the snare drum. Yeah. Um, we used the same tom setup. Uh, I'm trying to think. Let me, if I could guess, there'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Mm. 12 to 15 mics wow. at one time. Yeah. Wow. That'd be my guess. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. That's so. great. And each of them are individual channels. Yes. And dude, this, and I'm not a gear person. I don't know gear very well, so I'm very ashamed. So I apologize off the bat, Jeff, uh, for not being able to tell anyone what how badass of gear you've got. But he had these amazing microphones that nice. were just like, they're one of a kinds. Uh, that you could never re- replicate them, kind of things. They've got the tubes in them from you know. Oh wow! Back when they were made, so the beauty about them is the actual tube in there. So they kind nice. of burn and they 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 turn yellow and kind of age nice. naturally. And yeah, so yeah. You just can't get them anywhere. Wow! So they become these priceless artifacts, and he was pulling them out, setting them up. And I'm like, oh my god! So we're capturing. Uh, these drums all on this other EP are going to be top notch. Nice. Yeah, everything that we're doing is going to be fucking badass. So what we do is once we're all set up, we go up into the control room. Yeah. Uh, ben would just bang around on the kit until we got all you know everything compressed, everything sounding right, um, in through Pro Tools. Then we imp- obviously we'd have the the stems of the yep. songs imported yep. with a yep. click so mm-hmm. that he can hear what the music's going to sound like, which okay. we have it pretty bare bones. Everything's going to be replaced. We just <coughs> wanted to get the skeleton of the song, sure. which is drums first. Sure. Um, and then we're going to, uh, after that. Oh, that'd be crazy to just hear the song as drums. Yeah. I mean, it would be, well, I'd be. Without anything obnoxious. Else. No, actually it'd be badass. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think it would. I like think really be well mixed drums. Unique. Just yeah, a, exactly. 
It'd be like uh, the Birdman, and then non-jazzy Birdman. Oh man, uh, that would be cool. We got You and I need to explain. Yes, right, exactly. You and I need to uh, sit down and explore your your splits whenever they're done. Totally. And I've got the other. I've got other projects too. I can go through and that, some would, of the that would be incredible to hear some of those songs without any instruments. Just yeah. just you and drums. That may be obnoxious. <laughs> it might be, but I'm just that's my curiosity at this moment. Totally, we can always throw that. I could throw a session in, and you could do it at some point. Yep. Uh, but yeah, once we do that, just go song by song. He nice. he would cut a bunch of it, like he interprets a song his own way, plays through it, and then we see if it touches the feel of how it felt writing it. Yeah, and we make sure we match that that world. We stay in the world of like where the song was writing it, where it kind of lived in the brain. But then right. we enhance it with, oh, dude, he's throwing in these fills, or he just created this pattern with the hi-hat and yeah. the snare. Yeah. But it still keeps the poppy flow of this, like, really uppity kind of groove and, you know, track. Yeah, yeah. Didn't lose this element or that element with the right. other, you know. So nice. we go through all these different versions till we have the right verse feel, the right chorus feel, the right bridge feels, Intro, outros, whatever it is, you know, instrumental, blah, blah, blah. But we, yeah, we make sure we have all the right parts and then he plays it through probably three, four times, nice. pretty solid. And then uh, we'll go Do through and Do you record each those. one of those, uh, each one of those little sections? No, no, no. We, we capture straight through. Just Sometimes we punch throughs. in. Like okay, there's a few okay. times where he'd punch in but that's just to after. capture a fill or okay. something. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. like at the end, he's like, oh, dude, I want to do this fill in this part. I, I didn't like what I did. Or the timing was a little weird. We want the fill to come in a little later yeah. in the, you know, in the measure or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cool shit, man. It's fun to watch people work. My favorite thing is listening to the music while it's like this pristine, beautiful sound inside the, in the control room. Yeah. And then to look down in the studio room and look down on him playing drums and you can just see him banging away on these drums, but they sound so crisp and just clean instead of the loud. Like if you're in that room, yeah. it's loud as fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. The cymbals and just everything's just... But somehow when you mic everything individually, yeah. you it, these sound waves from the instrument will zap into that specific mic and it you just you can capture it and you can display it off. And a perfect, you can, yeah, you have the opportunity to then mold it so that it sounds absolutely, yeah, as perfect as you can, mm-hmm. as and you want. Damn, we've got some great drums on that's this next cool. EP. Yeah, <laughs> I think the EP is going to be called Lost at Sea. I'm jumping ahead, but I, I think that's what I want it to be called. Cool. So nice. Yeah. So uh, look for that probably in the fall. That's going to be a little ways away, but new music in June. So new music uh, in June. New EP, Yay. Interstellar Hearts in June. Nice, nice. So I'm pumped about that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, no, not uh, not. Can you talk a little bit? What I mean is, can you talk about it? Yeah, definitely. It's five tracks uh, produced by Stephen Solomon, uh, who's also my roommate, one of my good buddies. Yeah, uh, he's been on uh, Millie McCormick, and he's also been on. He's been on this show. He was on Jurassic. Uh, yeah, Friends. Yeah, yeah, with uh, with John's gags. Yeah, I don't remember what episode that was, what number, but Jurassic Friends. Jurassic uh, Friends. But yeah, he produced it. Uh, went to. Uh, he works out of a guy named David Hodges' studio. Nice. And, yes. Uh, He's got like the B room kind of thing, but he does all his own producing out of there. He does his other projects. He does yeah. a lot of writing, producing and stuff. Yeah, so, Steve's done some some great stuff. Yeah, and, and it I, was you know what it was exciting for me to hear that you were actually sitting down and working with Steve. Oh you guys man, were, yeah. Like hearing your music, I've heard a bunch of the stuff that that he's come home randomly and just like thrown on. Uh, you know, we were working on this today or whatever, and he just wants to listen to it. Yeah, it's it, it's great. It's great to hear your style of music being produced in those ways because those are, I mean, those are 
you keep saying it, but those are going to be. I just I feel like they have a, a huge opportunity for, to to just be grabbed onto. It's like people. a it's like my my secret pleasure uh, EP to put together because it's you know coming out here I was like I want to do an LA pop record. Yeah, I love pop music. I don't yeah. really listen to it. Yeah, but when I hear it, it feels good. I like just the elements people are using right now. I like yeah. the synth. Yeah, I like the beats. I like the happiness that I feel. And so, yeah, it's like kind of the one little project I always wanted to see come together and it's yeah. finally come together. We finished it. We do mastering on the 13th of this month and then nice. Uh, uh, Shelby's coming in on the, what, the 25th? Is that what it is? I think it's the 25th, yeah. Uh, that Monday. Flying him in, he's going to do the artwork on this project. Yes. And so we're going to do our the photo shoot stuff Is that, Steve mastering? That week. Is Steve mastering it himself or no, no, no. We're taking that, it uh, to, I don't know how I, yeah, I don't know what that step in the process is like. Uh, Dale Becker. It's, he's got a studio where, uh, it's just all different compressors and gates and they've, I honestly, I don't know a whole lot about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, I kind of cheat in my world whenever I do of, demoing and a stuff. Of, a lot of hocus pocus magic goes on. Yeah. I mean, it's, you just compressors and yeah. EQs and different things to enhance the digitation of, blah, 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 you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, things that spread out the sound and make it more crisp and clear. And, and it almost brings the you whole should, song up yeah. and creates a whole finalized body, like yeah. a smoothness over the whole project. Yeah. That's what it does. Like yeah. it's, it's if you had like Jenga pieces, like yeah. we, since we are talking about Jenga earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's like what you see when you stack Jenga blocks versus you see like a Lego, if, like if Legos were stacked. Yeah. Legos are more, it would be a perfectly symmetrical yeah. rectangular tower. That's master. Jenga pieces would kind of have still have some edges that need to be smoothed out, and you'd have to like push them in and yeah. straighten them out. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the, that difference. It, it almost smooths out the whole project and kind of ties the room together, like the rug from Lebowski. Got it. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, he's a fucking badass dude. He did the way it goes, um, which was a project to put out a couple years ago. But he mastered that, killed it. Nice. Um, yeah, there's a noticeable difference. Nice. And What's the guy's name? Dell Becker. Dude, so you shout sh- out. You should take the uh, travel mic with you. I will. Uh, we're going to go in thoughts. and. Uh, oh, yeah. What did you say on the 13th? 13th of, of this month? Yeah, yes. this month. Yeah. That's great, weeks. dude. This is happening. Yeah, it's all. This uh, this past couple of weeks has been has been awakening for me because I know that I can can live in this freelance world and I can, I can make things happen. I can mm-hmm. make my bills, you know, not a worry anymore. Um, but the. The gumption, the just the 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 next stepedness to putting together my stuff that gets that gets to be a little bit tough. And yeah. you know, every day I get up and it's I, I I tell myself that I'm today. This is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm doing. Like I can imagine it's got to be so much fun for you to wake up on Saturday and Sunday mornings and be like, "Fuck yeah, we're going back into the studio." Today. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, that's just. Those are tough days, but those are amazing things. Stacy, what we're where we were talking about the this cooking show. Like mm-hmm. we can talk about this and plan this all we want. Every day is gonna be a struggle to to like not necessarily find the motivation, but just uh, until things get rolling. Yeah, we're like creating you know? everything and we're starting from the, the ground. And then day of shooting, like those are gonna be some of the toughest days. And mm-hmm. it's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. And th- those are the reasons that I'm here. Yeah. And and so seeing you I I'd love to hear your your thoughts kind of during that during that process if you have any. 
Oh yeah, you know, I mean, it's a again, it's you're in a bubble, you're in a world, so you might not necessarily want to break yourself out of that. But uh, no, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, like what specific process? I don't know the, the the mastering process. Just any any of your creativity. Oh, while I'm there, like the you whole, know, I don't know, but it, it like I'm stepping on, outside. Oh, excuse me, guys. Yeah, exactly. That would Jesus be Jesus Christ. This album's gonna be so sh- fucking amazing. Oh my god, god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Come on. Okay, bear back. Bear back. Okay. Okay. Go back into the room. Yeah. I gotta go. Back, yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> that was a quick bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh shit! They're onto me. I forgot. He's got a wire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the scuffling. Damn. Um, but yeah, you go like you'd go in and typically the, the speaker setup would be bigger too. Okay. So dude, it's just, it's such a cool little world. People who master master people who mix, they mix. Yeah. If you know how to mix, you know how to master, but people who know how to master know how to master. You yeah. know what I mean? If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's like the yeah. more, it's an art, man. Like when people do it well, you have to master it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There is a big difference between mixing and and uh, I mean you can mix everything together and make sure that you've got the right amounts of this and like kind of how it's all working, but the way it all sounds, mm-hmm. you know, the harmonics, you know, you can, it's like uh it's like concert, you know, uh you get a symphony together and everybody can tune their instruments and have their perfect sounding instrument, mm-hmm. but until they all get together and you're all in the concert hall with all of the the reflective and and properly designed, you know, acoustics, acoustics and yeah. all that kind of stuff, you're not going to know how that's going to sound until until you, you get it. Neither of those processes can be assumed before they're both together. That was always my favorite part of band. Mixing and mastering is what I meant. Excuse me. Go ahead. Was not practicing my instrument really. I really didn't really like doing that. But it was more of when everybody just started playing a song. Yeah. It's like, finally, we've been practicing this one section of just the trumpets, you yeah. know, on yeah. this day and or this time or whatever. And now everyone got to come together and put together this amazing song. Nice. And you're like, all right, is all this chaos gonna fall in line? You yeah, know? yeah. You have to wrangle, it's like wrangling kittens. Well, that's that's why the atrium was so much fun, you know, because we Shelby and I put all this stuff together and it's just like, man, we're putting together some weird, weird elements like mm-hmm. with a police cruiser and oh, then yeah, yeah. you know uh vat of strawberry jelly and like all this kind of stuff ice cream tubs you having to buy all the extras yeah i mean we had to do all this kind of stuff and then we had all the elements that we needed to put something together that was really great mm-hmm. and you know my favorite part yeah one of my favorite parts was the the mixing process like sitting there with tj uh who was our mixer and he he just he created this world. Like we, we had all the elements, they were there, but he like leveled it all out and, and, and made what the show could be. I think Man. it was, I think it was great. That's an art form. Yeah. The, the, the audio process I think is a very important one to the visual medium. Um, and so to an, a, a solely audio medium, it's gotta be in 10 times more important than oh, the proper mixing and mastering. It's so interesting, people who work with sound versus people who just work like a job that has nothing to do with like a frequency of your perception of something coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Besides, well, I mean, there is, I guess, when you see emails and you're dealing with things like that and you've got to like do stuff like that at a job, (laughs) make decisions for something to happen or orders to be made or whatever. Yeah. But it's interesting that some people just have, their job in life is just listening to shit and, you know. Yeah. It's so crazy. I never really think about it that way because I'm like, okay, we're going to see the mastering guy and it's almost like a wizard in his little cave and you go in right. and he's like in his little zone. Welcome. I'm at the helm. Don't look at me. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. 
He's got his yeah. hands over these crystal balls. Yeah, he. <laughs> like, you know, that's he's how nude. He, that's how he with a loincloth on, <laughs> right? But it's not covering anything. There's a fan underneath him blowing the loincloth up. Yeah, right on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not yeah. the loincloth flapping. Those are his balls. Oh, my God. That's funny. So uh, so how long do you suppose you have on this next album, then? You said you're replacing a bunch of stuff. Because you know, um, you're starting with the skeleton, with the drums. Yes. The next thing is figuring out a deadline, and the deadline to me is the fall. Is Yeah. Okay, the, okay. I would like to release it August, September. Okay. And then, um, yeah, and then the next one to release would be a full-length album. I see. Like a I debut see. album. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I'm... I'm wrestling with selecting like around two songs from each EP yeah. and redoing them completely into their own new version. Yeah. Uh, so they would all be cohesive to yeah. the same project. Hmm. Uh, and then adding four brand new songs nice. to it. Yeah. Or doing all brand new songs. So there's part of me that would really like to tie in like a debut album of this, you know, band or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. A wicker sleeping thing. You should know? have a few. You should have a few that are that are your favorites at least. Yeah, definitely. Like pick out a few from. Yeah. And try from to the redo it. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, oh, that would be fun. The hardest thing is figuring out how the hell I'd play live because everything's so different, and I don't know exactly what things off of constellations would sound like versus the acoustic stuff off of a million years versus the way it goes was very. Everything was live. There was yeah. electrics and drum kit and. You know? Those are things that you don't you don't have to to know how you're going to do that at this point. Yeah, because when because when you do them, you'll be doing them. Interstellar they'll, they'll Hearts is in the box. It's a in the box. Uh, we did some live toms and snares. Yeah. yeah, so we did actual miking and doing some real live sounds, claps and shakers and uh, all the vocals, obviously. But and then the electrics are cut in the live room. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the drums were basically programmed on that project. But these ones on this other. Yeah. The new EP, the Lost at Sea, those are when those are all live. So yeah, I mean, it, it would be you could have a mixture of the two. We in, will, in yeah, the yeah. Show, There's gonna be some. Uh, uh, the Lost at Sea will have a little bit of program drums as well with the live drums. Nice, kind nice. of do a little, yeah, add a little textures. You know, yeah, little, I mean, little you've got a style. Tasties. Yeah, you've got a little bit of style. Yeah, I love it all, man. I, lo- I like incorporating cool. the modern age with the old age. You know, the yeah. digital age with uh, analog stuff. It's a good way to be. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing like going into a live studio to make music. I love doing that. And I feel like it gives me more energy behind the project I'm making. You know, yeah. a lot of times it just was like this rejuvenation. Cause like when I was younger and I was in a band with people, like we were all bringing our energies together to always make sure that we recorded in a studio together. So yeah. we were always practicing We were it was always a live thing. Yeah. And then as a songwriter now, dude, it's not so live anymore. It's very much just, you work on the computer, you get everything recorded in your Each own little zone. individually, and, right. Yeah, so it's just a whole different way to make music and nothing wrong with it. It's definitely more like quick and yeah. efficient. And, yeah, for sure. But there's an energy loss to me. Yeah. Um, well, yes. it's it's a, In the creative it's, process. It's a cohesiveness. It's just different, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. But well, anyway, yeah. That, but then you get to explore how to do that live. Exactly. And now, you know, that's that's when you get to to create that kind of a world for yourself. That's true. And you know. anything goes on a live show because you want to go and see something. If you love the music, yeah, sure. I don't know if when you go see a live show, you want to hear the band sound exactly like the album or if you want to see their interpretation of it just a little bit differently, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Are you choosing to stand right now? I am. I want to stand up. I, I feel to, like my I legs really are getting restless. The, I really have to pee. So too. do I. Do you want to take a pee break? 
Yeah, we could do that. We like a that. Peter Griffin break. P- Peter Griffith break. Go hit it right now, All right. and then I'll hit it after you. What time? I don't know. So we'll we'll uh, we'll just roll one of our new commercials. We'll be right back. Do you find yourself dozing off at work? Do you find yourself getting lost in an abyss of your own thoughts? Well, let me tell you something. That's badass. That's badass. That's badass. That's badass. And we're back, everybody. That was uh, an unfortunate break we had to take. Much needed. Oh, man. We drank too much coffee and, uh, and, and water. Yeah, and, and fluids, essentially. The fluids were flowing, they were. and they said, <laughs> knock, knock. Like a river. <laughs> Who's Nature <there>? called. <laughs> Who's there, dinghy? Uh, uh, pee. Pee who? Uh, pee all over your pants. <laughs> pee <laughs> oh, everywhere. You just did. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I apologize. Do you think anyone likes that that's badass commercial we keep throwing in there? Yeah, well who doesn't? Who wouldn't? I don't know. If you if you have any thoughts on the badass commercial, please. Please. Five five five. Email your there. senator. <laughs> Email. <laughs> right. No, before we broke, we were talking about um Well, we don't have to go back to what we were talking about if we don't want we before we pissed ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> What else are we Dude, just uh, yeah, we were talking about the music and creative stuff and processes and mastering and yeah. uh, man, now it's just the the trick now to me is trying to figure out a way to release it because I I you know talking about like what that's, is narcissism and all this shit and that's when I get into like trying to push my own art, it's the hardest thing. I'm like I don't I I, I don't know what to do. I just want to throw some tweets out and uh, you know post it to iTunes. But I think. You know? I think narcissism, part of narcissism has to be what your your thought behind it is. You know, you're not doing this because you think that you're so awesome and everybody in the world needs to see your shit in, in order to have a complete life. You're right. just, you, you've got something to say and you think that, you think that it's, it should have an avenue to be heard. It's like... Uh- I don't know. I see projects is. as like little little plants, you know, because I don't know. Like I'm already satisfied with them when they're done. Right. I've got them on my iPod. I'm done. Like I love these songs. Cool. I get to listen to them and I enjoy them. I can listen through them and yeah. actually like it. But why do you do music? Why do you make uh, music? Because for some reason, every time I write music, a new song, yeah. it's always something different. So, so it, it it no matter how contrary it can be, your songwriting and. Uh, contrived, I would say, and repetitive or, right. you know, the process sometimes getting into it can be so repetitive, but new things always happen. And that's... Who do you, who do you write music for? Um, usually myself to stretch okay. my own uh, skill, my own melody. I love melodies, so I always try to find... I just... It's like I'm trying to find the perfect melody and I, I'm not like looking for it, yeah. but I want to hear it. And I've I've yet to hear it. <laughs> I feel like it's I feel like it's somewhat unfair to us to for the artist to have to assume the role of of trumpeter trumpeter mm. uh, uh, of of heralder. You know, um, I, I an artist spends most of his time dedicated to the thing that he's doing and and the art that he's creating, whether it's writing or or music or sculpting or filmmaking mm-hmm. or cooking anything whatever whatever somebody decides they're going to do the artist is is dedicated to that thing they shouldn't have to be expected to then go out and promote themselves as well 
I'm well, that's not, why there's management and but that's not necessarily PR yeah, that, and all that and shit. that's not what I'm what I'm quite what I'm driving at. But like the best partnerships come from somebody who believes in somebody who's doing something. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the and olden days, it was like a label op- finding an artist, and they were like, "We label. see what you are capable of, yes, and we want to elevate you to the place that you can be because of what we see." You yes. know, that's that's yes. kind of what those labels used to do. Now it's all about the money. No one has the money to spend, so they'll like sign right. people to deals and shelve them because they could potentially hurt their sales in this market. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. weird shit. It yeah. becomes like moving chess pieces in the music business. Right, right. So you almost have to. It's a very much fend for yourself, and then hope along that path. Good people come along that really grab it, like like your stuff and see. That's what we need. Uh, I'm not saying that that I don't want to put the work in and and make this happen for us. But goodness, if if anybody listening has any desire or and knows anybody with any desire to to help get socially, you know, social awareness of what we're doing, mm-hmm. like that would be you know killer just to talk to somebody who's got an idea of you know, things to do or, or something like that. Those are the kinds of things that we need. Like experts on social media and not even necessarily experts, just somebody who has an interest in it. Mm -hmm. Somebody who has an interest in, in creating a Twitter presence, uh, a social media presence that's not for them. Mm -hmm. That's not theirs. Like, you know, people can do it for themselves all day, but then, you know, you kind of, but you do it as if it's, you're you're promoting a product like people do this of themselves all the time yeah you know they treat themselves as their product right you know and 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 those are the kinds of people that we need we need we would need somebody who has an interest in creating Mm -hmm. an entity for something that doesn't really it's not a person yeah you know i mean that's the thing too is i want to be able to to build this music stuff to where i can funnel that fan base or that listener base or whatever you want to call it to the, uh, this other stuff we're doing because this yeah. is this is like the hub spot almost you know and it's yeah. like uh, figuring out a way just to spread the awareness but kind of maintain our integrity and that's the thing the hardest thing for me is like uh, I don't know how to describe what I'm doing because yeah. you know a lot oh. of times the successful bands they have a sound you know and I am in constant search of like uh, just wanting to hear a new like if I do an, a project I don't want the next one to sound just like it right I don't. I already. Right. Why? Why? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. So, I mean, maybe down the road I'll do another one like it. You know, it doesn't mean I abandoned it forever, but I am in constant search of something new, right. something that makes me feel different and that tops something previously. Because yeah. I'm always looking to better uh, the projects that I put out, you know, but I'm not afraid to explore different sounds and abandon something that's already been done or maybe has been done before. You know, I, I, there's a lot of elements in music I listen to. I'm like, well, this sounds just like this song a little bit, but I, I love that song and yeah. I like that sound. And I mean, it's only these four instruments, so you can't, it's not someone else's sound. It's yeah, just I mean, instruments come together. And that's just the sound. So it's that's almost where inspiration comes from. It comes down to melodies and um, I guess the lyrical content. You have to try and voice I mean, tones. There are elements of a feeling you have to try and recreate mm-hmm. in a song, as well as saying the things that you want to say in the song. Production you know, is huge. It is. It is. That's why mixing and mastering is is, mm-hmm. is a big deal. But, um, oh, I was going to ask you a question. You were talking about singing, songwriting, um, not wanting something to be the same. Oh, you want to know how to describe your music. Like that goes back to what we did earlier today. We described uh, like our one-sentence elevator pitches of all the all the different shows. Yeah. 
which you know we'll uh, we'll read you high dares. Yeah, we've got we've got some good ones. There, uh, let me let me pull them out of here. Yeah, let's 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 hear these. We'll officially debut what we think are are the you know the elevator pitches of our of our shows because. For me personally, like I've I've wanted to ask some other podcasters this for uh, uh, at least a few weeks now. Um, how do you answer the question? What's your show about? Because goodness, that's you want to practice course. our social interaction at a party. That's like you and I are hanging first. out. Yeah. And, okay. And I uh, I'll read off the descriptions as if I'm. Okay. Okay. You know, I see. I see. So I'll be I'll be somebody else. And you, somebody you else. be Joe. And try to stump me if you want to. You be Joe. Uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, I'll, okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna enter our minds here. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm Joe. My name's Joe. I don't like Joe. Oh well, fuck you, I'm man. Call you. I'm gonna call you Rufus. <laughs> I'll be by the punch. What's up, Joe? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian punch. And then I sit Indian style next to you. Gross. I'm sitting Hawaiian by the punch. punch. See? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. My name's Joe. I work for. Uh, well, I work. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so, Joe, my, so Joe, what do you do? Uh, me and a partner run a podcast network. I'm also a singer songwriter musician. Nice. Uh, and then I go off on the music stuff. No, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, yes, no. perfect. So you have any no. albums out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got, uh, five. Oh, a shit. podcast network. What does that mean? Um, podcasting is like, it's radio on the internet basically. Okay. Without okay. commercials or with commercials. People have sponsors. Now you can say whatever the hell you want can yeah. vary on any topic you want. There's no, uh, like on radio, when you have FM radio, it's usually under some network or some radio station. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and they can say yes or no to your show. If you're talking about certain content, they can pull you. So things like that don't exist right. in podcast they've got land. Right, they've got a, a reputation to uphold, mm-hmm. I guess. Podcast land okay. is no holds bar. Nice. Yeah, so... And it's over uh, the internet, okay, okay. Yeah, so we have four active shows right now. Uh, one is called The Whoa. Three. Yeah, yeah, we're, That's we're rocking cool. it. Wow, um, how long have you been doing this? Probably since June of last summer. Oh wow! So okay. we okay. Uh, we started, you know, knocking them out. We like started off okay. uh, just practicing. We started brainstorming with mics just to get used to talking with a freaking mic because it's not natural. You know, it's not a natural thing. Sure, I can but, see But uh, you know, feels good. After a while, you're like, "Wow, my voice sounds pretty nice and crystal clear." And how many shows do you have? Uh, we've got four. Uh, we've got one called Three Movie Goes, which uh, is uh, it's Three a Movie Goes. Yeah, it's nice. three unprofessional film goers sharing uh, their thoughts and feelings over a puff directly after a movie. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So they just kind of get together, you know, get high and so like they're just they're 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 chatting about the movie. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Cool. Two of the dudes uh, are roommates, and are then, they like reviewing it? Uh, no, they don't review the movies. They just kind of give their thoughts and feelings about it, how they how it makes them feel and. Uh, with a little touch of THC, it kind of elevates into the wormholes sometimes and they kind of go off, but nice. it's pretty good. Yeah. It's inter- definitely entertaining. That's Especially cool. when there's a guy from the Northern UK, uh, on the show. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. His nice. name is Martin, but he's a badass. Nice. Is he, he's the, the other, he's the third of movie. He's go? the third of movie go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Ian McNinney is my partner. Nice. So he does, uh, Oh yeah! So oh. he's hosting. He's host of this next show called Hi Dare. Congratulations, by the way. Oh yeah, he's kind of an asshole, on, and on, uh, on your partner. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. He was a large fish to catch. How'd you do that? Uh, <laughs> you just like start, like uh, you're like working. You like have a wire. Yeah. Like, oh, right, shit. right, right. You've been hired. He's on to us. He's on to us. Ian, where are you? You're in like a, a white van outside of the party. <laughs> so what are the other shows that you've got? Uh, the kind of flagship show of the network is called Hi Dare. It's like a play on of Hi Dare, you know, like nice. Hi Dare Neighbor. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, it's just a friendly hang between the two creators of the Elf Tree Podcast Network as they navigate 
things they love, the things they think about, and the things they're doing amidst the haze of Los Angeles. Nice. So they kind of go off into anything about the human condition to music and you know, art and nerdy things. And nice. So yeah, it's various t- subjects and they brainstorm and, cr- you know, it's a creative cast where they sit around and come up with ideas about what could be of the world and, you know, random That's cool. stuff. That's so awesome. Definitely ch- always trying to problem solve in the show to some degree, but sometimes there's a, they throw the white flag and just call it. So yeah, it just I mean, varies, it's you know, like, like an excuse to hang out. Exactly. That's cool. Exactly. And then Earthship Radio is, uh, it's AM style thought Earthship casting. Radio. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yes. Yes. So Earthships are like these houses that are self-sustaining and an Earthship would basically be like, it could be your body that you're in. You're in yeah. an Earth, Earth suit, Earthship. Okay. okay. Um, our planet is an Earthship. It's like a ship in outer space, or you could be like an Earthship house is, or uh, an RV. Yeah. It's your home on wheels kind of thing. It's kind of detached, it, it would seem. It's detached. It's, you know, like, it's like, a, like off the grid. Exactly. Nice. So Earthship Radio, it's AM style thought casting pirated from an RV in various undisclosed locations featuring an array of different hosts, guests, Whoa. and topics. Whoa. Yeah. So they uh, basically, uh, yeah, you never know what you're going to get. So That's each cool. show is different. It's hacked and we just steal this uh, this frequency of AM and uh, we put a little bumper on the front, the back end, and you never know what you're going to get. It's a surprise. And That's awesome. There's recurring hosts and sometimes like if you get to know certain people, like I, I host with various people, but if you like me and Junebug, you're always going to know, oh, Joe and Junebug is going to be fun because I love that they talk about these things. Yeah, or yeah. Joe and Nora, they talk about this stuff and Nora's fucking hilarious. So nice. I love, you know, anything with Nora, you know, it's like stuff like that. That's cool. So That's it cool. gives people the option to listen to specific shows without really telling anyone what the show's about. Obviously, they all have descriptions and things yeah, that, yeah. that are discussed, but yeah, you never know. So it's like a sounds like something if you if you had a bunch of you know back in the day if you're got a little tape player mm-hmm. tape recorder and you hit record on some of these pirate radio feeds that you'd get in order exactly. to play them back you'd, you'd put you know Joe and Nora exactly or, or Joe and June Bunn. exactly nice that's cool yeah that's and you cool. you don't know where these things are happening so there could be ten at one time of people just spewing out their thoughts. Cause I, you know, there's people around that do travel around and they radio, they do shows, they do podcasts from, they do. you know, their little RVs or their tents while they go hiking and all this crazy shit. It's awesome. That's awesome. So it's tight. It's that a play on of that. It's like this, uh, post apocalyptic in the middle of the desert, kind of people putting their last thoughts of what the current status of their world is, you know? Okay. And so we okay. just capture them and present them as, as they are. And nice. some of them are fucked, nice. but most of them are pretty badass. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are fucked. Yeah. But I mean, it's, that's, it's relative. You exactly. Know? I think that's, that's key to a good network, a good, uh, or, or even like a good variety kind of grab bag type of show. Exactly. <laughs> you want to, you want to make sure that somebody, you might have something that's totally not enjoyable one day, but exactly. the rest of it, yeah, okay, that's yeah. great. And it gives you the option. If you don't like a certain host, you never have to listen to that guy again. You know? Right, right. I guess, yes, if you see his name pop up. Which may be why my play counts are so low. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and then we have a show called The Millennium Cormac Listening Hour, which is uh, my favorite. Uh, oh, yeah? Italian. This is like your baby. <laughs> it's a cheeky conversation between two pals as they host an adventurous improv show. Where anything goes from a sunken underwater studio. So they're... Wait, wait, wait. Read it again? Cheeky conversation between two pals as they host an adventurous improv show where anything goes from a sunken underwater studio. Nice. Yes, that sounds good too. Yeah. 
So the characters are Millie Sounds McCormick. Kind of Pee-wee's Playhouse. It is. It's very much uh, you're in a complete. You're in an actual studio. There's real guests that come onto the show. Or like comedy bang bang. Yeah, very much. It's nice. improv, and then everything is built with Foley. So the whole show is completely, you're immersed in into the show. So when they're in the studio underwater, you hear the bubbles of the studio. You'll hear like oh. tank sounds, a little humming of the actual room to keep them alive so it doesn't implode, you know, the pressurized <laughs> like a little Like a little uh, uh, fish tank motor. Yeah, when the guests are on the show and we're in an improv sketch, uh, it'll you'll hear like a section of uh, the show where, yeah, exactly. Sorry. And you'll hear the person in the elevator with maybe the... Maybe five to ten seconds of Nigel and Millie talking through a radio, and then the elevator door oh, opens up, crazy. and you're in the studio. You know, wow. So okay. we immerse you into that world as if you're following you as the uh, me as the as the the listener. As a listener, you're oh. just on this adventure. You're a fly on the cool. wall to all cool. these cutaways, all these cool little places. So that's cool, yeah. dude. This is awesome. What's it called again? The Millie McCormick Listening Hour. So. What's the network called again? Elf Tree Podcast Network. Boom! There's our commercial. I shit myself. Dude, that was great. That yeah. was that right there. I would, I would, I would 100% buy in Yeah, to all of those shows. Yeah. So that was great. I may keep that list handy. In my that was pocket. good, so dude. I mean, no, me, that like, was, I'm still practicing this. Is that, that was cool? really good. Yeah. I, I need to, I, you emailed them to me, so I need to go through it as well. You're like, Joe, you have hives all over your face. You're, you're, yeah. you're breaking out everywhere. Are you nervous? <laughs> Gotta be word perfect. Gotta be word yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. That guy, Joe, always runs at the end of his conversations. He runs away. <laughs> It's like uh, Bill Murray from uh, Rushmore. I never that? saw Rushmore. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Never I know. mind. <laughs> I'll stop there. I'll but you always no do spoilers. the same scream, you know. Yeah, whenever, exactly. You know, as you're running away. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dude. my wailing scream. I like to put in the background of stuff whenever there's chaos. <laughs> Though, uh, something as simple as that. I mean, that took us. That took us a good couple of hours. Yeah, to, yeah. To we sat down, with had, had some coffee, and we it's, went over the. But it, I mean, it, it, good, solid work. Same amount of work as we're doing right now. It's all necessary, you know. But it's not work. It's it's it's. We now have a tool. Mm-hmm. You have a tool. We we did a commercial essentially right mm-hmm. there. We did kind of a, a read of what it was that we were you know trying to to sell as the Elf Tree Podcast Network, and I mean, we now have a tool by which to promote ourselves. So, Absolutely, yeah. I mean. Work is work, but work is not what everybody perceives it to be. Work is not just something you do for a paycheck. Uh, that's uh, that's when it gets a little sketchy is when that's what it becomes. So yes, try to stay outside of that realm if possible. Try and do something where you actually get the benefits of what it is that you're doing. Yeah, if you're not doing Every anything, just pick up a hobby or something. Like Find something that you love doing when you're a kid and just... Do it again. Even if it's cooking, I, I will attest that over the last two or three weeks, um, I guess this is my third week. Wow, that's crazy. Third week of of kind of being freelance under my own steam, and I have mm-hmm. cooked pretty much every single night nice. since I've since I've you know been at home a lot. Are you enjoying it? I love it. I love it. It it will really inspire me to to eat better, do things differently and, and, and have motivation because I do see the, I do see the benefit in cooking. I just don't always see it before I cook. Save money. You do save money. Yeah. Live better. Walmart. Well, <laughs> Joe, you literally just, okay. you led me into that. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. You, you got to bleep you out just had the wall part advertised for, just for so Walmart. That, yeah. Yeah. Bleep out wall. Oh, speaking of, I'm just going to throw <laughs> this in there. There was uh, there was apparently a shooting in Garland. At, oh yeah, at, was that uh, the atrium? 
No, it wasn't the atrium. That was at the the Curtis Caldwell. Yeah, I guess it's like a special event center where they what do the a lot that? of of graduations and okay. stuff like that. I believe it belongs to the school district. They had a, a an art exhibit for like art depicting Muhammad. Mm. And so I don't know. I, I don't exactly know, but uh, I don't know if any like civilians got shot. But I know that the two suspects got shot. One of them had run into a nearby Walmart that. With uh, reportedly with a hand grenade. What the fuck? Yeah. What's he like, doing? Like, what's his purpose? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's for Allah or for See, jihad or for yeah, Christ? Or I just for, don't know. Like, what just, are you fucking doing? I don't know, especially since I don't live there. I really was not, I, I didn't like look into it, but you know, my, my, my people back in Dallas, I'm sure will let me know. Yeah. I'm curious about that. Yeah, so if you've got uh, jihadi thoughts, don't do that shit. Yeah, it's, peace, man. It's peace, peace on earth. Peace, peace and love. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that play into this stuff. It's not just religion. It's not just your own personal belief of who's right and wrong. There's a lot of players and why people get so heated on each side of the coin. So, do your research. Uh, it can lead you to some awareness as to why it wouldn't be worth taking a grenade into a public place with innocent people and exactly causing them. Any harm? That's stupid. Well, because at that point, what what is running through your head? There are there are a few things that would be running through my head. One of which would be like this grenade's going to go off, and at least it's going to kill me. At least it's going to be over and done with. But it might not. It might just blow your arm off. You might end up killing a kid in the process. Then you don't have That's an arm, up. and you've killed it. Like the, there there are so many different things. So that you're going to look go like on. all sorts of fool. Yes, yes, you'll look like all fools. All fools uh, wrapped into one. Wrapped into one. Uh, the fools of the century. Uh, April fools. Uh, April O'Neil. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think. Think twice. Yeah. Just think twice just before think you twice. roll the dice. Right. If everything's nice. Even though you've got lies. With Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Wow. Well. That's, that's always such an awkward transition. I, you never know how to like smoothly transition there's to the no, end of a show. No. Thirty-four episodes, man. We've we've just we've it's we've done something. We've, we've, we've fucking stumbled. We've tripped over the the step kind that, of the step that we know is there. We're like we're making these uh, these little paper airplanes. We there's a step that we didn't know was there, and right. we stepped up to this river with paper, paper ships. Yeah, we're setting them in the water, and they're going. And then each episode's like another little paper. Yeah, paper boat. it's it's. And you never know what's going to get in it. <laughs> right. You we have, we're 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 releasing it into the world, but every single time we we miss that last step and just. <laughs> An alligator may eat one. Trip up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it might. It might. All of them may go over. They're not going to eat this one though. This one's this one's pretty impressive. Yeah, this I one think. was good. Yeah. Um. Check us out online, everybody, at, uh, at highdare.com. Yes, go to all the social medias. We're there. And, and you know what? Honestly, I know that we do have some listeners out there, so we would love, we would love to hear from you guys. I mean, this is, this is a point in which Joe and I are, are seriously considering um, the future of the Elf Tree Podcast Network because this is something that I would like to do. I'd like to make this my day, my, you know, my job, uh, if and when it's possible. Um, so we're, we're, we've got a lot of big plans that we'd like to, to, to come up with, but we're, we're, you know, we're, we're getting it to the point where we're making this decision of, of actually doing this for, for ourselves. Yeah. And we would love to hear people that actually listen to it and that appreciate it. We just love some sort of interaction with you guys. Uh, we'd love to, to back and forth. Pick your Absolutely. Brain a little bit. Hit us up on Twitter or I think we've got 
Do we have a Facebook page? I don't know if we do. I don't know that we have a Facebook page. I'm not a fan of Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so odd. I mean, McCook Media has a Facebook page. We have an so Elf you, Tree Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I post Elf Tree stuff. Like, we, we've got some sort of presence. We're not really there. Um, but to be fair, we're not really there on a lot of them because we, we there's there's very little interaction. I mean, it's it's kind of a – I feel like once we put ourselves more out there, we'll get the reaction. And I I want to say that this might be a a, a first step in, in trying to do so is like at least putting it on the show. Yeah. If anybody listening, just just hit us up. Say say hi. Drop us a line. And you and if you let us know what you like. If about you really our show. love us, uh, we've got a little link called Feed the Tree on our website. That uh, if you want to just throw a couple bones our way, exactly. We'll you can put help it towards uh, help everything. us pay help us pay for SoundCloud this month. Absolutely. Uh, but thanks for listening, and you guys are badasses. And man, we're just gonna keep going, I guess. And for this week, then on high there, I'm oh, fuck. I fucked it. I fucked it. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. You fucked this up, man. I fucked the name it's of the, the show. One thing you had to do at the end wasn't. <laughs> Take two. Okay, take two. For this week on High Dare, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bros, we gotta, we gotta go. Follow us on Twitter at high underscore dare. And be sure to check us out online at intertheelftree.com for all you old school dot comers. 